on Rams and Sands, we are always joined by somebody from an ombud office. And on short-term insurance, we are always joined by a good friend and brother, Peter Nkuna, uh, his senior assistant ombudsman at the Ombudsman for Short-Term Insurance. Peter, good evening and Happy New Year to you, my brother. Good evening, Rams, and good evening to the listeners of Metro FM, and a Happy New Year to everyone as well. I am happy to have you again in 2019 as we had you for 2018. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to stay as long, this relationship, as it has been. Yeah, no, let's hope so. Great stuff. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Whatever short-term insurance issues you have, we'd like you to join us uh, in this conversation. But I want to go straight up to an issue that got us very worried when we we first prepared for this show with you, Peter. To learn that only three out of ten vehicles on our road are insured—that's a scary statistic. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it is true. Um, I suppose there are a number of factors that affect that. One might be that um, it, it is found to be fairly expensive to, to have insurance. And South Africans, we always have other uh, better things to do with our money. Sometimes we think they are better things and because you don't realize what you might be faced with and because sometimes you can find yourself paying for insurance all the while mm. and not finding that you need to claim and then you feel like you're throwing money away Yeah. and um, as soon as you cancel, you discover otherwise. Mm. So it becomes a, a, a grudge spend, eh? Yeah, that's why it's referred to as a grudge purchase because you don't really see where your money goes and because you are paying for the transfer of risk. Yes. And um, because you don't see that risk, people don't necessarily appreciate that you're paying for something. And and that is why people then sometimes opt to rather not have it at all. Could, could there be, looking at the state of the economy, could there be a legitimate argument of just people saying, I cannot afford it? Uh, Look, I, I personally think that would be the simplistic way of looking at it. Mm. Uh, personally, I think you actually don't afford not to have insurance. Um, and normally when I give talks on, on, on um, insurance cover and the implications of not having it, I always say to people, if there is any item of value that you own or possess, um, without which you would not quite survive financially, hmm. then it, mean, it means you need to insure it. Um, so it, it, even if you think of your informal business activities, um, that which or that from which you derive your income uh, will most of the time be something that you then need to insure. Some people conduct their businesses over phones, and that means that's a a very important tool of business, you would then need to have it insured. If if you are running a business using a car or a bike or something like that, it would probably be a very good idea to have that insured because you don't want to find yourself where um, you don't have cash to fix it and it has broken down and there is business coming your way but you can't do anything with that business because you are not in a position to serve your customers. 
What are the other implications, Peter, over and above the, the fact that if I'm not insured and my car is in an accident, I can't pay for repairs or I can't pay for replacement or whatever? Are there other implications? I, I Make me understand this uh, third-party insurance. Is it, is it also impacted uh, when a car is not insured? Um, I, I was actually going to give you that just that example because mm. um, a, a lot of times people think, no, but I'm a careful driver. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, I don't need insurance. But but things happen. And um, I, I give this example that, okay, let's say for argument's sake, um, you, you are a fairly safe driver, but on this occasion, something goes wrong. Hmm. And you bump into somebody else's car and... Yours is written off. And let's say, for argument's sake, that other person's car is written off. Mm. Uh, let's say probably your average car would probably be around 150,000, 200,000 rand. Uh, if you've written that car off and it's your fault, it means you basically owe that person that amount of money. Yes. How many of us have that kind of money lying around mm-hmm. and waiting to be paid over to somebody we have been involved in accidents with? Not a lot, I would suspect. And and it's in those instances then that you would wish you had at least had some form of cover and um, the, the cheapest uh, form of cover or rather the most affordable that one could have is at least that kind of protection where you have third-party cover for just those instances where you have caused losses to some other party. At least even though you end up without your own car, you don't have somebody hounding you because some people would go to the extent of suing you and perhaps taking even your little other variables that you have. um, And then you, you could end up in trouble in that regard. And this is why they call insurance paying yourself first. Because yeah. when those instances come, you don't have the money to pay yourself at that time. And, well, and that is why it's that important. That when, when we think of things like insurance, um, don't think of, no, but I haven't had an accident in the in, uh, last three years or yeah. three months or whatever. Um, just think... What would happen if this thing were to happen to me? Would I survive? And if you can't survive, or even if you can survive, but it's going to dent your finances significantly, it would be advisable for you to rather um, perhaps sit down, shop around, speak to people who know these things. Um, You might get good advice as to how you can manage that risk and pay the least that you can, Mm. but one at the same time making sure that you've got some degree of uh, protection and uh, that you would not be undergoing financial ruin should yes. happen. I'm not about to turn you into a financial advisor, Peter, but would it help uh, uh, some of us? Uh, you know, if, if somebody's going to say insurance of, say, 1,200 rand, 1,400 rand a month is a lot of money, would it help them that maybe we buy a cheaper car where the insurance then would come to 600 rand a month? You, you raise a very interesting point. Um, one of the things that we have observed is that um, when we go to buy cars, we don't think beyond the car that I want to be seen driving. Um, so a lot of people, and this tends to happen 
around your December period, um, people in anticipation of bonuses and things like that, um, they think, no, I want to drive that GTI mm. and, I, and I've seen it. It's going for this much. Um, they've shown me a, a calculation around the monthly installments. Um, I think I can stretch and reach that. Yeah, And that's all I think of. I forget about there having to be some sort of insurance, especially when you're financing because it's obligatory for you to have insurance yeah. cover on that. Um, just to cover the car itself, um, there could also be a need for you to cover yourself for shortfall. Um, if you should have an accident within a short space of um, having purchased it, there's a very good chance that there could be a financial shortfall when you have to settle that, even if you had your your, your comprehensive cover on the, mm. on the car itself. Um, what should happen if I were to die mm. um, and my family now is settled with uh, this burden of having to pay for the car when I'm no longer bringing in any income? Um, maybe you might need to have credit insurance yeah. uh, so that in, in that instance it pays out the debt and then you can, your family can proceed to enjoy uh, the car. The so there, 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 yes, there are lots of things that, that we, we don't think of. Um, so we need to be budgeting. Firstly, when I look at um, buying a car, it should be the installment, it should be the upkeep or maintenance of the car, it should be all sorts of insurance uh, policies that go around with the purchase and protecting that newly acquired item. And once you've covered all of those, you'll have a better idea whether you can afford that or not. Mm. And perhaps what you might need to do is instead of buying the Golf GTI, you might want to buy the Polo GTI. Mm. Or you might mm. want to go and buy a Corona or um, uh, um, Atos or something, yeah. uh, Suzuki, all of those. Um, but at least one would have the peace of mind knowing that... Um, I can cater for all the needs that arise from this patient. Zero eight nine. Yeah, is one of those things that we don't even take into account. Exactly. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Join us in this conversation with Peter Nkuna. Uh, we're on Rams and Sands when we're talking uh, short-term insurance on Twitter. Peter Mpochililo asks, "My sister owns a VW Polo TSI." Uh, she pays 1,200 rands for insurance. She's paid over 23 months with no claim. She was involved in, a, in an accident with only a back bumper uh, damaged. The value to fix the bumper was 3,500 rand. Now, here's the key come, uh, Mpo comes up. He says the insurance, however, wants her to pay 8,000 rands for excess. How do we deal with that? I think you must explain the excess thing because that's where people get confused with this concept, Peter. Right. And, and it ties in so nicely with the, the topic that, uh, that we're discussing because it speaks to the budgeting part. Yes. In, in the process of um, that purchase, one of the things that we do is because we didn't plan properly. When we go around, I've already made the purchase. Mm. Now I need I need to find... Uh, some policy that sort of fits 
the, the remainder of my budget. Mm-hmm. And what then tends to happen is as I get the quotations and the amounts are too high, somebody comes and offers a solution. And the solution is that, no, let's load your excess, make it not 3000 but 20000 That way you'll only pay 300 rand per month in, in, in premiums. And that looks appealing because I think, so, but I've not had an accident in the last five years, so the odds are I should be able to have another five years without an accident. Yes. Without a so the 20,000 rand access isn't such an issue. What we don't realize is that the access is the part of your claim that is not insured. Yeah. It means that... Um, you have transferred some of the risk, but not all of the risk you retain. The higher your excess, the, the higher the amount of risk that you, you are keeping. Yeah. So um, if you're going to be involved in an accident where your excess is that 20,000 rand that you just referred to, it means all claims that fall within that amount, you basically have to carry yourself. And, and unfortunately... A lot of times, even if it became 21,000 rand, going to be paying 20,000 rand, and the insurance company is going to pay only 1,000 rand towards the claim, and there's a good chance that they will then immediately hide their premiums, or if not immediately after a year, they will hide the premium um, and take me back to where the premiums become unaffordable. It would probably make better sense for me to just pay the whole 21,000. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the callers now, Peter. They they want to talk to you. They want to talk to you. Pilani, good evening. Hey, how are you? We good, sir. Pilani, good evening. I don't know if I should speak in English. It's It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Go ahead, my brother. <clears throat> yeah, with me, I had a, an, an issue. I had an accident, in fact, on the 22nd of September last year. Mm. And uh, at this stage, uh, the uh, insurance has declined my claim and uh, my issues. It's just recently been with um, ombudsman. I just today I, I sent a, a a response letter to 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 to, to the ombudsman. <laughs> Uh, basically, what I I I I have learned from this, I I believe that now these insurances, uh, they 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 are also sort of like scams because, I mean, they take our premiums and uh, when when they see that the claim is 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 high, what they do is they hire investigators. Like in my case, they hired an investigator who was actually like bullying me. Uh, Throughout the investigation, and uh, asking me unreasonable questions such as me uh, stating what I've done uh, on the day of the accident uh, uh, after two, 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 two weeks, five days from the time that the accident happened, asking me to meet him, uh, t- asking me to take leave for me to meet him, telling me if I cannot uh, achieve, if I cannot meet him within the schedule, uh, I, I'll be delaying my claim. Stress like that. And when at the time that I saw that this, the claim was taking too long, then I took the match to ombudsman, which is like three months from the time that the accident happened. And then two days from that, they sent me a decline letter, which I forwarded to ombudsman. Then ombudsman requ- requested that uh, the insurance should answer to, to respond to them on what, what was the actual uh, reasons of, of the declining. Then uh, the thing that I found on their letter 
were, were pathetic. Like they claimed that I was drunk, having not taken any blood from me at the, at the, at the having no even no police took any blood from me at the at the time that I had an accident. Mm. They claimed that I I I I, I had passengers. Uh, okay, okay, Pilani, Pilani, we can't yeah. go through the entire case here. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so, so okay. now you've taken the matter to the ombudsman. The ombudsman is written back to the insurance. Uh, so we're waiting for the outcome there. Yes, I'm waiting for the outcome. But uh, what, what are, the point that I was trying to make is that insurances are are, are, are not honest uh, 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 organizations. They hmm. they are they they find they, when the claim is high. They find, they want to find a way of 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 of, of declining claim, and they use means as such as lies and and amending statements, amending policies, which okay. are, which something that they've done to me. Okay, I think in this case we should say the insurance that uh, the company that we're dealing with you believe was not honest. Uh, to have it as sweeping as that could be slightly uh, not true, uh, Pilan. I feel your pain, and I hope that uh, in this case, as you know, everybody, I'm always on your side. I hope that. The settlement is is in your favor, but if the facts don't favor you, there's not much we can do. We'll get uh, Peter to respond just now. Let's speak to Rory Sang. Good evening, Rory. Evening, Rams. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm all right, man. Um, so my case is that it's with a extended service plan, actually. Yes. So I took out the, the cover while the vehicle was still at uh, 45,000 Ks. Mm-hmm. I was extending it from basically once the the manufacturer cover expires mm-hmm. or I reach my, my 60,000. Yeah. Yeah. So now I took the cover from 45,000 when, when it was time to claim for 60,000 because uh, the three years manufacturer cover lapsed. He did not want to cover me. Mm. How do I go about that? And now, the other issue that I have now is that whenever I call the ombudsman, the ombudsman says that the, the cover is not under short-term insurance. It's under the vehicle ombudsman. Yeah. I go to the Rory, I'm so happy you asked that question because I was going to ask him. Yeah. We spoke to Lucius Lucia, two weeks ago yeah. and he said it's not his issue. And I said, I'll wait for Peter. I'm glad you reminded me, Rory. Sang. We're going to ask him this question. We're going to ask him this question. Somebody must tell us. Yes, because it, now it's been since August right now. Yeah. I'm sitting here yeah. with close to 6,000 rands of a service that was, it was, it was a major service. <coughs> 6,000 rands, I made a loss right now. I've been paying these guys for two years. They say they will only cover me from 75,000. Could you please explain to me? Thank you very much for the call. We shall explain shortly. One last call and then we get to all of them. Tebuho, good evening. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Oh, I was covered by uh, an insurance company. They call themselves the kings of the insurance mm-hmm. business. We know them. Um, right. I have been with these guys for about four years, three mm-hmm. years, four years. But um, in 2017, October, I had an incident where my vehicle had hail damage. Mm. Right. It's, 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 it's a very large vehicle. Um, and my issue is I took it in uh, to, be, to be repaired. But uh, the repairer did a very pathetic job. Came back, the paintwork was not uh, even. It had two tones, and um, the, it still had dimples all over. And uh, for a whole, for the whole of 2018, I have been following up with this guy each and every week, and getting promises that I'll get called back, and they never do. 
until I got fed up last year, end of last year, and I cancelled these guys, with my car still not fixed. Mm. I'm telling you, as we speak right now, my sunroof is still not working. Um, my car still has dimples on it. And uh, it's not a very small car. It's a six-liter engine. Mm. So um, I'm sitting with all these damages on my new insurance uh, company that I'm now covered by. But now what do I do? Who do I speak to regarding this? Great question. Thank you very much, Tebuho. Please listen on the radio. Rapida Lester at the top. Uh, Pilani's uh, claim rejected. Not happy with the assessor. He was asked questions two and a half weeks later. And they made him feel like a guilty party. Yeah, um, look, that, that is one of the problems that we, we often have to deal with. Um, some instances you find that um, there are valid complaints where the insurance company was just messing customers around and um, they had no reason to be doing all of that. And through our intervention, we are sometimes able to assist. Um, there are also instances where you find that the problem is actually with uh, the complainant or the customer themselves. Yeah. Um, so it will depend on the merit, like you said, James. Um, if upon investigation it is found that the case favors him, he will succeed. I will invite him to bring a complaint through. Let's have a look at it and um, see where it goes. He, he did say, in fact, that he has brought it through. Yeah, um, yeah. In so fact, can, beyond that, you guys have already written to the insurer wanting an explanation. So already yeah, there's progress so, there. So it, it will depend. But maybe to touch on two points. Um, the question about being asked about what he did on the day. One of the standard terms uh, and conditions of, of cover is that people must not drink and drive. Mm. Uh, we all know that. So that is where that question might be coming from. They want to establish if he consumed any alcohol which may have contributed to the accident happening. Yeah, yeah. And they are well within their rights to, to inquire around that. Mm. Um, the the second one was um, with the question of, in fact, he, he mentioned that they are alleging that um, there was alcohol consumption without having drawn any blood. I, I think if we just use common sense, Every person probably has had an instance where they never drew anybody's blood, but they could point a finger at that person and say, that person is drunk. Mm. Um, And because we observe signs uh, that indicate uh, that this person is probably drunk, and we all know what those are. Mm -hmm. So if there is evidence to that effect, the court accepts that, um, and, and it is called um, circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the circumstances around the event, you can tell that it is probably the case that this person was drunk, and therefore it is considered that in the absence of any evidence to the contrary, he must have been drunk. That That is how the test will go, roughly. And insurance <laughs> companies also do that. It's part of the law. Uh, mm. So... That is unfortunately something that nobody can change. Even with our process, when we investigate, if there is sufficient evidence suggesting that the driver was probably under the influence of alcohol at the time of the accident, uh, and that that alcohol probably contributed to the accident happening, he is probably going to end up losing out on that case.
Peter, I'm going to rush you a bit. Uh, time is running out of, on, on me. Rory Sang's yeah. issue, and this issue has been sitting on my desk for a long time. Who yeah, I, I, ensures I extended warranty? I was listening to I'm that glad you were. I, I could be part of it. Um, yes. J- just in very quick terms, I think there's a lot of misconception out there, mm. and unfortunately, sometimes it rubs on on our colleagues in in other uh, offices as well. Um, there's there's this misconception that if it doesn't belong to me, then it must belong to you. Yeah. And and that is not the case. There are gaps in between. Um, there may be some products that are not uh, within our jurisdiction and also not necessarily within their jurisdiction, and they fall they fall elsewhere. And they may actually not even fall within any known ombudsman currently, in which case one would then probably have to take it to court. Um, and w- what determines whether or not a matter falls within our jurisdiction in very short terms is um, it must be a product that is sold under a short-term insurance license mm. by the, the provider. So if it is not uh, somebody that is in, uh, uh, registered as an insur- a short-term insurance company, and, oh. they are also not, and they are also not selling it as um, a product under a short-term insurance license, we would not have jurisdiction over, over that product. And there are a lot of products that have been made out to look like short-term insurance products, but that aren't. And some of them, for example, would be manufacturer, bed uh, uh, maintenance plans, service plans, mechanical warranties, and that are backed by the actual manufacturer of, of that car. So obviously, because we don't deal with car manufacturers, that would be something that falls outside our jurisdiction. And there may be others that are neither in that sphere or in short-term insurance, gotcha. And, gotcha. Uh, we, we would struggle. Some of them may fall within the jurisdiction of the face ombud, uh, the financial advisory and, and intermediary services ombud, because they are a default ombud scheme for um, financial products. So yes. it would have to be a financial product for them to be involved. So if it is not a financial product, even with them, it's not going to fall within their jurisdiction. And then it might mean it falls in no man's land, and therefore you'd have to sue the, the provider of that product um, using our normal legal channels. So that is one thing to, to just Great uh, stuff. If we can, Peter, in one minute, how does one deal with a case like Tebohos, where I, I get shabby work from repairs, but my insurer is not doing anything to get to give me some satisfaction. What recourse do I have? Yeah, that, that, that's a standard type of complaint that should come to our office, and mm-hmm. we'll see how we can assist them. There are a lot of instances where we find people have really been done injustice in that they are expected to take cars that are in no condition to be taken um, and people are sort of just shrugging off and saying, hey, look, we tried our best and you have to live with it. And in those instances, we'll investigate what options there are available. And um, there are even times when we find that it's so clear that um, this car should probably have been written off and we might then insist that it must it must be written off. Mm. Um, but we also find the other extreme where somebody has had 10 years of treating their car, it's 
got all sorts of things, and then they are involved in this one accident, and they suddenly want to bring you see a gap, Robert. We all see a gap. You know, we see a gap somewhere. We human. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 unfortunately, um, the evidence will speak for itself. Whether yeah. It's the panel data and the insurance company that are in the wrong or if it is the consumer themselves. How do they then, everybody who called and everybody who's listening, how do they make contact with you and uh, hopefully get a resolution to all the issues they have? All right. Our telephone number is on the Johannesburg code 11 mm-hmm. Repeat, 11 there is also a share call number 0860 726 8900. 0860 726 8900. And then um, email wise, it's info at osti, O S for sugar, T for Tommy, I.co.za, osti for combat, short term and um, we hope that we, we can assist. Um, Website-wise, osti.co.za, and you should be able to also lodge a complaint online, uh, which is up the process somewhat. Excellent. Senior Assistant Ombudsman at the Ombudsman for Short-Term Insurance, Pirankuna, always wonderful having you, my brother. Have a great evening. You too, thank you. Cheers.